It's your Friday, Daily Delivery. I'm Michael Rand. Happy to have everybody back for the final show of the week, and a good one at that. Zarek Valentin, um, Minnesota United defender, will join me here in just a little while. Talk about the season, talk about his role, talk a little bit about Emmanuel Reynoso, talk about his love of Philadelphia sports. Not a great night for the Sixers. He was hoping for it when I talked to him earlier on Thursday, but that series tied 3-3, so I'm sure he'll be watching Game 7 in just a couple days. But uh, a good conversation with him, a lot of interesting stuff, so hope you enjoy that here in just a little bit. Got to get to the Twins at the end of the show today. Big win over the Padres, two out of three against San Diego. Three pretty good games, at least two really good ones for the Twins at the end of that series. A big hit from Carlos Correa. You'll hear Rocco Baldelli's thoughts on Correa and him coming out of it a little bit with that big double that won the game for the Twins late in that game. So get to that towards the end of the show in addition to some bad news for the Twins as well. First, though, what did I miss? Let's start maybe against my better judgment with the NFL schedule release. It's a gimmick. We know it every single year. We know the teams they're going to play. We know home and away. We've known it for months. We've known it pretty much since the season ended, who they're going to play home and away, but we don't know what time. We don't know what order. We don't know when exactly. And so they make a big production out of the, the schedule release. They, you know, they, they pick a soft day in the sports calendar in May where, yeah, there's NBA and NHL playoffs going on, but it's not the, you know, it's not the, the heavy stuff yet. We're not into the finals yet. Um, we're not into, you know, the heavy baseball season yet. We're not into mini camp yet. They got to get some, they got to get, they sneak into the news cycle. They got to find a way to get into the news cycle. And they did it. Um, because, even even as we mock it, even as we bemoan them doing this every year, it does matter a little bit when you see the games all lined up in a row. It just does. It's it's harder to project because let's face it, a season has a certain rhythm to it, right? A season has, you know, the the ebbs and flows of a season are often dictated not just by who you play, but when you play them. And we can imagine a potential winning streak. When you can imagine a potential losing streak. When you look at something and say, ah. Boy, they better get these this stretch here. They better do well, or oh, that's going to be a tough stretch. This could be this could trip them up. That's what we don't know until the schedule release, and that's what we got on Thursday for the Vikings and every other team in the NFL. Some stuff had already leaked out, but now we know all 17 games. I'm going to go through them blind, cold. I'm going to do this for you right now. I've not looked at the order yet. I'm going to do it right now, and we're going to go game by game in the Vikings schedule and look and see what I think, win, loss, what I think of each game each uh, kind of the slate of games as a whole. All right, here we go. I'm pulling it up right now. Week one, home against Tampa Bay, noon game on a Sunday. Feels like a potential win, right? No Tom Brady anymore. Uncertain quarterback situation in Tampa Bay. A team that, you know, really went all in with Tom Brady, won a Super Bowl a couple years ago, got what they wanted out of that, and now is probably a team that's going to be a little bit on a rebuild. You would like to think that's a game that not only they should win, but will win, especially at U.S. Bank Stadium. Okay, week two, yikes. Uh, Thursday night game right out of the jump at the Eagles. Not feeling great about that. I'm going to put them at 1-1 one and one after that game. Jalen Hurts defending NFC <clears throat> defending NFC champs, um, you know, came short in the Super Bowl, but was you know a team that was the best in the NFC by far. For most of last season, they got to face them right away. Okay, I'm going to put that in the loss column. Week three, 
this is a good toss-up game. So they're going to have kind of a mini-buy, right? They're going to have a mini-buy because they play Thursday. They don't have to play until the following Sunday against the Chargers. Chargers are a good team. Justin Herbert, good quarterback. Still, though, a home game against the Chargers. I like to think that's one they should win and will win. If you're going to have any sense of optimism at this point in the season, you got to put that one in the win column. So I'm going to put that one in the win column. I got them at 2-1 and one now. Next game at Carolina. Well, Adam Thielen was on a couple weeks ago um, on this podcast, talked about how Carolina might be a Super Bowl contender. I don't see it just yet. Um, probably a good time to play them because, you know, Bryce Young will be pretty early in his tenure. Not sure if he'll have it all figured out yet, um, but that'll be a motivated Adam Thielen on that game for sure. Carolina has a very good defense, could get after Kirk Cousins' pass rush. I'm going to call that a toss-up game. Sometimes I put these in the toss-up pile. I'm probably going to call that one a loss just because I don't love them against a good defense on the road. So I'm going to give that a 2-2 two and two at this point. Week 3. Uh, I'm sorry, week 5. Okay, uh, here we go. Vikings against uh, Kansas City at U.S. Bank Stadium. That should be great. First time I believe they're playing Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I think the, the time they would have played him a few years ago, he was hurt, I think, and they played the backup, Henny, I think. He still threw for a bunch of yards and beat him, so uh, was not did not turn out to be the uh, the great savior that uh, that they hoped it would be. That is, uh, I'm going to put that in the loss column. For being realistic, you got to put that in the loss column. Week six, so they're two and three right now. Week six at the Bears. I'm going to give that one a win. Still not sold on Chicago. Justin Fields might be better this year, but I got to think that's a Vikings win. And if we're going to say Chicago and Carolina are both kind of toss-ups. I gave him a loss in Carolina. I'm going to give him a win against Chicago, but those could be flip-flops. I'm going to have him 3-3 three and three, no matter what going into Monday night, Week 7, against the 49ers. Who will be quarterbacking the 49ers? Will it be Brock Purdy? Will he be back from his off-season injury? That's a good question. That's at U.S. Bank Stadium. 49ers awfully good. That's, that's kind of one of those pivot games in the season. That's one of those games where if you are serious about not just being a playoff team but being a contender – you probably need to win that game at home on a Monday night. Kirk Cousins starting to change that primetime Kirk narrative, but still, I don't know about that game. I'm going to give that a loss. I, I don't like. I don't feel good about that. I still don't feel like that is a team that's ready to compete with the 49ers, especially on defense. So I'm going I'm to put them at three and four after that one. Next up at Green Bay, Sunday, the 29th of October, a noon game. Get to go to Green Bay in October, which is nice. None of the uh, cold weather, none of the slippage, hopefully. I'm going to give that a win. I don't think Green Bay is going to be all that good next season. I could be proven wrong. Jordan Love could be good. And again, pair this with the 49ers game. Sometimes I do this. Pair this with the 49ers game. I feel like both of those are kind of toss-up games. When it get to the point spread, there'll probably be just a couple points in either direction, you would think. Give them a win in one and a loss in the other. I'll say the loss is 49ers, wins the Packers. We're going to call them 4-4 four and four at this point. At the Falcons week nine, I'm going to call that a win. I don't think the Falcons are going to be very good next season. Let's move on quickly from there. That's a road game, but I think they win that one. Week 10, U.S. Bank Stadium against New Orleans. I like them to win that one too. So now they're six and four in this hypothetical schedule. I'm going to call them six and four Sunday, Sunday night, uh, November 19th at Denver. That's a good game. That could be a, that could be a little bit of a test. Don't know what Denver's got now that they've uh, moved on. Um, you know, Sean Payton there. That's going to be a tough one. I'm going to say Denver gets that one on a Sunday night, 6-5 and five now. Okay, week 12. When's the bye? Okay, bye is week 13. Week 12, um, Chicago back here at U.S. Bank Stadium for a Monday night game. Weird things happen against the Bears, but they usually play pretty well against them at home. I'm going to give them that one. So 7-5 and five 
going into the super late buy. I think I read that they have the latest buy that they've had uh, calendar-wise in their entire history. Okay, week 14, so they're 7-5 and five going to Vegas. I'm sure half of Minnesota is going to travel to that game on December 10th. That's a tough one. That's a that's a toss-up. Um, see what Vegas has. I think the Vikings win that game. I think Vegas might be down this year, and by the time you get to Week 14, if they're out of the playoff picture, I don't like them in that game. So I'm going to take the Vikings in that game. So what are we calling that now? 8-5, and five, I think. Not bad. 8-5. and five. Week 15 against the Bengals. TBD. I think that's like a flex game. It's over the holidays. That's a tough one. That's a road game. I'm going to give that a loss. So 8-6. and six. Now we get to the meat of this schedule. I know we were 14 games in, but they finish up home against the Lions. And now I'm going down home against the Packers and then at the Lions to finish. Got to win at least one of those Lions games, which I think they will. And got to win that Packers game, which I think they can. I can see 10-7. and seven. I'm, I'm squinting. Um, I'm a little optimistic maybe right now, but I'm seeing 10-7 and seven when I see the schedule stacked up the way it is. Kind of depends on how good Detroit is. Kind of depends on what the Vikings have as for an encore after, you know, that kind of I'm saying I'm not saying fluky. Fluky's the wrong word, but 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 the series of events that happened last season when they won so many close games, that's not going to happen again. They're not going to go 11 and 0. I think that's what it was. 11 and 0 in one score games in the regular season. That's just not going to happen this season. I think though that they are they have figured something out. I think Kevin O'Connell knows how to coach in these moments, knows how to win these games, and there's going to be a lot of close ones again this year. And if they go 10-7, and seven, that would mean they drop a few more of those close ones than they did last year. I think that's fair. I think they'll be pretty good still with Kirk Cousins as the quarterback, which is always the story. Maybe good enough to win the division, probably good enough at least to be a wild card, even if Detroit or somebody else wins the division. I'm going to call it 10-7 and seven at this point, maybe 9-8. and eight. Right there at the end, I think, kind of as they typically have been. The schedule is difficult at the beginning, it looks like, because you got... The two Super Bowl teams, right? Two Super Bowl teams in the first five weeks. But beyond that, there's some winnable games. The home games seem to come at the right times. The primetime games don't seem, you know, too daunting aside from that early Thursday Eagles game. But then they get that kind of mini buy. I kind of like the schedule overall. I think they're going to fare reasonably well. I'm going to call it 10 and 7. I called them 7 and 10 last season, and I was way off. So let's try optimism at the beginning and be proven wrong the other way if that's the way it ends up happening. Take a playcation to Mystic Lake. With 24-7 gaming, the good times never have to end. And you can satisfy your cravings at our restaurants and bars. Or relax in one of our luxurious hotel rooms. Those that play together, stay together. And don't forget to join Club M, so you can spark new memories and bask in the rewards along the way. Follow the lights to Mystic Lake, where every day is play day. We talked a lot of football in the first segment of the show. Let's talk soccer now, the uh, the football of the rest of the world. Minnesota United, an interesting team this season, have caught my attention for the whole Emmanuel Reynoso saga. I had a chance to get out to training on Thursday, caught up with a couple players, including uh, Zarek Valentin. Really interesting guy. I was really get, glad I got a chance to catch up with him. Also talked to uh, Michael Boxall for a little while in the group setting, another excellent defensive player for for the Loons. So, I'm going to play the interview with uh, with Valentin here in just a minute and also just kind of thinking about the context of the season. A lot of games coming up for them, a lot of chance to change, then shape their identity over the course of the year. But where they wind up is still a mystery at this point, a lot of it depending on Emmanuel Reynoso. All right, I'm back, like promised, with Zarek Valentin from Minnesota United. 
first year on the team, um, kind of getting used to your surroundings, but you're also kind of a guy who's seen it all to a certain degree in this league. What, what would you, how would you summarize your experience with the Loons so far? It's been awesome. It's been better than I expected in terms of uh, weather, <laughs> uh, getting my fair share of the snow. Now summer's coming around, which is beautiful and inspect and stuff with the team. It's been awesome. The, the facilities, the, the club, uh, from top to bottom is top class, which is which is a great for me um, at this point in my career to have um, just you know an experienced manager, experienced teammates, you know a club that's been I think to the playoffs more consistently right now than any other thing is, is awesome, and I'm just happy to be a you know part of that and to help in, in whatever ways I can. You mentioned the manager Adrian Heath. We've gotten to know him quite a bit over the years. You're fairly new to him. He's a little bit of a character to me. What do you what do you think of Adrian so far? He's old school and and keeps things simple. So it's been great um, for me. It's you know putting out a very clear plan has been awesome. I think at times maybe during my my time in Houston things have maybe overcomplicated a little bit and at times um, thinking too much as opposed to just kind of going out there and letting players um, really express themselves and and show their quality and playing within their own strengths. So for me, that's been awesome to, to be a part of. And in terms of the, the character side, he keeps things light, keeps things fun. There's a, there's a reason behind the success, and it's been fun to see that from a different side of things. What do you um, what do you make so far of just your role and what, what you were brought in to, to bring to the club? What Can you sense that already or, what, or when they even brought you in? For sure. I think part of it is experience. Probably actually a big part of it is experience. Um, uh, you know, having played 13 years and what 10 years in the league now. Um, does that make yeah. you feel old? Yeah, it does. Whenever I say it out loud, um, you know, just thinking about um, some of the experiences I've gone through and trying to pass those on to to players, and also um, be a, a reliable asset whenever the team needs me, and trying to help the team out on and off the pitch as much as possible. And you know, to really understand that and to have guys embrace those roles is um, not always easy. But for me, I'm trying to embrace it as much as possible, and, and I think they value that in me and, and I and I want to restore their confidence and bringing me in and you know trying to show you know why I'm quote unquote a good guy and can you know help the team and <laughs> and do things along those you don't those just say quote unquote good guy we'll you see I like don't know guy. depends on who you ask depends on who you talk to so um like I said no nah, it's been it's been it's been great getting to know the guys and you know fulfilling my role and again trying to help the team as much as possible on and off the pitch and you know getting players ready if I'm on the second team or putting in good shift when I'm playing away at Seattle. So trying to do as much as I can and control those things is, is really important to myself. I understand your dad. Your oh, dad. yeah. I did, I'm Not your dad. dad. Yeah. You are a dad. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> I am a father. Cam's three and a half. How has that been going for you? How is, how is life as a dad, especially as an athlete? Uh, it's hard. Um, he's getting to the point now where we're having a lot of fun. We're developing an incredible relationship, but we are becoming dad who's away a lot. Um, yeah. May's tough. So the this month is never fun. Preseason's never fun, but now he, it, the the dad part has been awesome. He's he's growing, he's old, he's understanding, he's communicating, he's throwing tantrums, he's he's oh, yeah. being everything. Um which is which is amazing. So it's a matter of trying to have that good life balance and enjoy the moments because it's uh, it happens quick. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, he's I have three I have three kids and my youngest is a boy who's about three and a half. He's yep. born in December of nineteen. Yep. So I know all about that stage. Three is the absolute most challenging, but also the most fun. Oh yeah. Age. Oh for sure. There's a lot going on, but it's been a lot of fun to be on the dad side of things and yeah. enjoy and see him grow and see him develop good habits and trying to, you know, I would say, um, impart some of your wisdom and, and, and life experience onto the little guy. And it's the best. Uh, so I can't wait to, 
have him out to games in the summer, hopefully get him to run around the field a bunch. Do we know yet if we think he's going to be an athlete? Or does he show any kind of indications or interest in the game? Uh, he's maybe baseball. He's a big baseball guy. Um, do I want him to play soccer? I don't know. Um, I want him to just do whatever he likes to do. He's That's a very cool. intelligent kid. Yeah. Um, not pushing soccer. You don't okay. have to go play outside bat, do all that jazz. <laughs> no, nah, none of that. I want him to go and have fun. He's, you know, he's, we're doing a lot of art classes too, so he's a, a big artist. So we're just enjoying nice. it. It's been a lot of fun. Looking at your social media, I can also tell you're a pretty big Philadelphia sports fan. Yeah, buddy. Um, sorry about the Super Bowl, but it was a great year. Yeah, I mean, I'm a big Philly sports fan, which also makes it even better when we beat them. So we beat the Union. That was awesome. That's right. You did um, just now, right? Yeah. No, I tell them that I, I understand that you know that they have a great fan base, but I love to beat them, and I love to do it personally, but on a grander scale. You know, it's a big game for the Sixers tonight. Yeah. Um, Eagles schedule comes out today, so looking forward to um, – trying to not lose another game in a championship. It's been a tough string with the Eagles and um, with the uh, Phillies, and then the uh, Sixers are making it pretty far. If we win, we'll be in the Eastern Conference Finals, so we'll see how that goes. But it's been it's been fun, but it's been it's been tough to see. You guys had the Super Bowl like six years ago. That was here. Like, you guys won that. Like, that's I know. like you, Minnesota has not had that level of success, at least in the – the you know what we consider you know, a lot of, especially the, the men's sports the more traditional men's sports yep. or you know so I don't think you can complain too bad about it's yeah been that no I, not not of recently I can't complain too much it's just been a tough stretch in the past twenty three months right but okay. besides that um, I can't complain too much okay in the all right um, you can complain about how you look in FIFA twenty three I saw that on your Twitter. What is that? Like, we're looking at it right now on my computer screen. That looks nothing like you. No, like, I, the hairstyle is about right. I don't know what I did to the people at EA Sports, but their depictions of me have been atrocious. Wasn't there a bad one last year, too? Yes. There was a bad one last year. Two years ago was a really, really bad one. Was that, the, that, was that the, the one you had down here? It looked like the... Shrek. Yeah, that, <laughs> that one? Yeah, no. I mean, that like looks I, like... It looks like Pete Davidson. Yeah, I know. They say that's the funny thing. I get like Pete Davidson and Shrek. But yeah, so again, if that's, if that's who you're trying to look like... <laughs> then your standards are not where they should be. So for me, um, again, I, I don't know who I pissed off at EA Sports, but something ain't right. Back on the pitch for a little bit. Uh, this is a team that has had some struggles scoring goals, but you got two against Vancouver the other day, almost had up the equalizer. You had you know three before penalty kicks in the, in the Open Cup match that you referenced. How does this team kind of find that, that sweet spot, that balance between attacking, defending, kind of, getting on the right side of things and making sure that you know you're, you're not giving up too much of one thing to get the other thing yeah of course that's always been uh, i would say if, if you have that answer you should go into coaching <laughs> right <laughs> um because i think a lot of teams are always trying to to balance that but ultimately you know we know we have a lot of quality on our team and um it's one of these situations where we're trying to put those guys in the best situation to score give them confidence and ultimately have them you know put the ball in the back of the net and for myself personally and for you know the defenders being at a defensive meeting as you saw you know yeah. trying to analyze you know the results analyze the goals and what we could have done better and how we could have potentially stopped them because that's all we can do and ultimately if we keep as many zeros as we can we'll keep ourselves in games we'll keep getting points and I know those guys will um, do their best to, to, to get back into the best for them they can to get goals and we're starting to do that Bongi's starting to bang in some goals saying Bing got on the board so it's been great to kind of see those things um, you know come into fruition because that will come the goals will come and that's something that you know, we've shown of late that it's, you know, it's going, trending in the great direction. Now it's just a matter of continually doing what we've done defensively to, to, to try to find the best balance, you know, for our team. Somebody who could and maybe eventually will help the offense is Emmanuel Reynoso. 
Obviously, a lot of talk about him since he's arrived back in Minnesota. I know you guys haven't really, he's not been at training. He's not really integrated into the, the club at all yet. You've, like you said, you've been in a lot of different rosters, a lot of different situations. Have you guys talked about Reynoso as a group yet or how, how this kind of looks when he's able to come back or how, how that feels for the team? Um, yeah, for me, it's one of these things where we were trying to focus as much as possible on who's here. Sure. Who's going who's gonna to help the team as much as possible on the weekend or I guess midweek considering we're playing so many games. And if and when he would show up or come back and, and handle his business, then we would you know go from there. So for me, it's been focusing on that. And I've played against him a good handful of times and it's been a nightmare so hopefully i don't have to, i won't have to deal with that anymore but in general um if he's you know lives up to that to that standard and 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 comes back and once he gets fit and things and well he is back once he comes back onto the pitch right it's going to be awesome to play with him right because that's one less incredible number 10 that i have to worry about defensively yeah. and i'm excited to, to to see him integrating to get back in i know he's happy to be back with the boys um and you know we're definitely going to uh, you know, welcome him back and try to get him up to speed as best as possible. And I'm excited personally. Again, I've played against him for years. He's one of these few guys that I would tell, you know, my left back how he can play the ball over your shoulder without looking. And he can switch it and he can play it on, you know what I mean? So there's few guys who can hit the ball across their body and play a through ball in this league. And he's one of those guys that can do so. So to have someone that can, you know, is one of five, ten guys in the league that have this that special ability is awesome. So I'm happy to be on the, the other end of that for a little bit. Couple more things for you. Um, the defensive quality on this team has been quite good throughout most of the early part of this season. It's been what has gotten you some points and kept you in some of these other games, especially as you wait for the offense to kind of fully form. Um, as you think about the quality on defense, kind of what, what stands out to you right now, aside from yourself? Besides <laughs> good looking right backs. Um, <laughs> It's been, I think, a combination of attitude, experience, and cohesiveness. And that those three things mixed together is a great recipe, but you also have to continue to work on those. That's not something where you can wake up all the time with a great attitude. Sometimes you can uh, you know, miss passes, go through tough stretches and stuff like that, and then you know, experience has kind of always been there, so you know how to manage the, the good moments and the tough moments. And... I think for me there's a balance between guys who are very experienced in age and relationships, so it's been awesome. It's just something that we're trying to continually get better upon because as defenders, we have to always, always try to put our best foot forward. Not that everyone else is, but mistakes from defenders can lead to goals immediately, yeah. right? They get noticed um, quicker. Immediately, yeah, of course. And you could play an incredible game and then you make one mistake and that's all the, the media and everyone will talk about. Sorry. So you have to be, yeah, it's tough. So you have to be cognizant of that, but ultimately, you know, continually try to better your craft and to put your best foot forward. I think, again, we have a good um, cohesive group, and also that we'll, I'll lump the holding midfielders in there. We have some dogs in the middle that, that run and tackle and fight, and that, that makes our job easier. And uh, just in general, I think this, this team's a scrappier team than, than a lot of the ones I've been on, and that allows us to constantly be in games. And that's a, that's a mindset that everyone needs to bring, and if we don't, we have to, you know, pick up our teammates and, you know, get them get them on the right path. But ultimately, it's one of these things where we enjoy getting our getting our hands dirty yeah. and mixing it up, scrapping it up a bit because that's that's what's going to win you championships, and that's what that's what the goal is. You alluded to some midweek games. Do you think people realize like <clears throat> what that strain is like, like the general public, like having to play multiple matches in a week, having to kind of do the Tuesday Wednesday thing, and then come back and play on the weekends? Like, I don't think people necessarily appreciate what what goes into that oh no there's there's no comprehension even as players it's very difficult to 
to do so. And unless you've played three games in a week, you don't know how difficult it is. So, you know, whoever's name gets called on the weekend, if it's a guy who has, who will play three or who might or who's getting their first run, um, it's difficult. In a way, Kansas City's always a difficult game, whether it's you have two weeks off or whether it's your third game in a week, it's going to be a difficult right. game. So it's one of these situations where I don't think people fully understand it. But um, I would say from a fan perspective, there definitely should be a little bit of grace in terms of uh, the fatigue of players. You know, a lot of the mistakes that may or may not be made by both teams because they both will – they played in a cup game yesterday, so they have actually one less day rest. You know, a lot of times people make mistakes. It's, it's just fatigue. It's not um, – it'll be a lack of execution, and that comes from just tired legs, tired yeah. brains. And I think managing those will be extremely important, and ultimately whoever does get their go and their name called will have to manage those, and the team that does it better on the day will probably get a result. Zarek, Valentin, one more thing. Have you seen enough from this team this year to – have a sense of what the ceiling is for the outcome, the final, kind of where you can get to this year? I know that defensively, if we can do our job, we'll put our attackers in a... This is, God, that sounds so... I can't even finish my statement because that sounds so cliche. <laughs> um, try again, try again. No, we're going to keep that on. I was just, yeah, of course. I was just going to say, if we handle ourselves defensively, we could score goals. Like, yeah, it's every team. Um, but I would say that this, Good awareness. this Good team awareness. has a different level of grit and fighting okay. that I haven't been used to. And I've seen, and when I went to MLS Cup with the Timbers, yep. we had a little, we had that grit too. And I think that this team has the ability and has the quality to take care of business on both ends of the field. And I haven't always seen that um, around the league, but our team is a little bit different. And we fly under the radar because we're not living in Los Angeles and we don't have penthouses in New York. But ultimately, I think a lot of the players embrace the market in which we're in. They love our fan base. We have an incredible fan base that, that is behind us every single game. And it's one of these things where if, we, if our team is focused and everyone's playing at a good top level, we can hang and we can beat any team in the league. It's just a matter of taking care of business, approaching the game in the right way, executing the game plan, and then hopefully letting the ball go into the net a little bit more times for us than them. That's, a, that's pretty good. It sounds like a coach on the field almost. <laughs> Something like that. Uh, one day maybe. We'll see. All right. Zarek, appreciate it. Take care. Thank you so much. So relevant to your interests if you enjoyed that conversation, which I hope you did. Like I said um, before we started, uh, before we started that interview, I talked to Michael Boxall a little bit, had a chance to ask him kind of the same identity question that I asked uh, Valentin, kind of how do you balance defense, offense, attacking, staying back? How do you kind of find that sweet spot? Here was his response to that. I like playing in the, the right side of the back three because I get to get be on the ball a bit. And then when you've got... Like I love playing with Robin and Asani as well because they, I don't know, just their, their game sense and they're always there when you need them to be to like just bounce off or, you know, they're going to play the, play the right ball the majority of the time. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're never going to start the season perfectly and I think when you only play a couple of preseason games, it always takes the, the first few games to, to really get into the run of things, especially when you, you're missing a player or two. So um, it does come with time, but then in saying that we feel like we, Results-wise, started off better, and we've kind of um, started to play maybe a little bit better football in recent weeks, but then not getting the results. So now we need to, as you say, find the balance between that two. Which, yeah, it's just going to be. Uh, I mean, we've got lo lots of games this <laughs> coming up to, to work it out. Now, also in the group setting, our Jerry Zagoda, um, Minnesota United beat writer for the Star Tribune, asked Michael Boxall the the age-old question: 
what is going on with uh, with Emmanuel Reynoso now that he's back, but not yet on the pitch, not really back in training yet. Is there any kind of mending that needs to go on was his question to, to, to Michael Box, and I thought his answer was interesting. Obviously, there's, you'd like to, to understand kind of what was going on, but at the end of the day, I'm not... Um, I'm the last person that's going to judge anyone else on, on what's going on with them, so... Um, and I feel like the majority, the feeling around the team is, is no one really holds grudges here. So it's um, if he's willing to do the work, um, if he's willing to, to work hard for the club, for his teammates, for the fans, um, and yeah, obviously make up for the last six months, then but then that's something we need to see. So again, I think this is going to be up to the individuals. I don't think this is like something the team gets together and decides this is how we collectively feel. I think different people are going to feel a different way. And I think... Reynoso has a chance to get himself back into this mix if he proves it. And I think that's what Boxall was saying. Come in, do the work, make up for the time you missed, show us that you want to be here, show us that you're committed, show us that you are ready to help us win again, and you will be the the, the slate will be cleared if you do those things. But they gotta see it first. They gotta know he's committed. And I think that still is a work in progress. I think he's doing sounds like he's doing the right things so far. But still a long way to go, and he's such an important piece for them. Can they get him back in the mix? Can he help them become a better version of themselves? Speaking of better versions of themselves, let's finish with the cooler. Twins win 5-3, like I mentioned at the jump. Carlos Correa with the big hit was booed earlier in this series when he didn't come through in the clutch. This game, he does two-run double in it with a tight, with a game tied 3-3, breaks it open. They win 5-3, take two or three from the Padres, still, of course, in first place in the American League Central. Rocco Baldelli, manager of the Twins, thinks this could be the beginning of a beautiful stretch for Carlos Correa. And then we, we had some situations. Again, we got some runners on, and, you know, you need that hit that, that, that separates and break things open, breaks thing, uh, things open. And Correa, Correa had that for us today. I mean, that's a that's just a big moment. I mean, that it it it's it goes from a losing effort to a winning effort because uh, we fight, we get some base runners on there, have good at bats, but it does take that swing sometimes, and it's it's just a good swing. That's that's what you're looking for, and uh, that was that was really really big for us. Yesterday, I talked a little bit about his at bats. They looked good yesterday. Um, and you know he comes up with the with the big uh, big moment for us today. Uh, that won't be the last one that we see. And I think he's uh, uh, you know you don't know what's to come, but I wouldn't be surprised if this guy gets rolling and uh, never looks back. He's done that, like I said, many times in his career, and um, I think he looks good right now. I really do. And listen, I wasn't too worried about Korea. He's a guy that's got a track record. He's he's proven it. He was going to get going at some point. I've got larger questions about the overall lineup and how good it's going to be. But if you can get that piece going, that would go a long way to solving some problems, especially in games like this, the tight games where you need that one hit like Baldelli was talking about. Carlos Correa is a guy who can deliver that, hasn't been consistently delivering that this season. But if he starts delivering it, they will find themselves much more favorable situations, favorable counts, and favorable outcomes in the end. So we'll see if they can keep that going, see if he can keep that going, and see if they can keep from getting booed as they were a couple games ago. And that will do it for me today. Thanks so much for listening all week. Should be a fun slate of shows next week as well. Until then, Monday with Roycey. Back at it again then. Until then, have a great weekend.